Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's getting a little bit misty and playing misty for the old fog. I'm Alex. When you dwell in darkness like we do, you need something to light the way, like a candle or a couple or like, honestly, like 1,000 candles. <laughs> I counted them in this episode and there's a lot of candles. So uh, I'm opening a business in Riverdale selling candles. <laughs> Check it out. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 6, Episode 12, Chapter 107, In the Fog. Now, bit of recap in case you uh, haven't been paying attention this season. Everybody yeah. has superpowers. Every yeah. episode is someone's um, first episode. And exactly. so this one is a normal starting point. They right. do a lot been, of great, easy I've been easy thinking recap. about watching this Riverdale TV show. Let me start with 107. <laughs> great entry know. point. Listen. I thought... I thought you were going to recap fog for a second there. Uh, it is a weather pattern that is terrifying, terrifying and dangerous. <laughs> it's very like, scary. Partic- it's like particularly, de- particularly if you're on land, fog. No thanks, man. No, oh, not, not into it. See, it's, see, it's, it's, okay. it's like a it's like a downstairs cloud fog. <laughs> Most clouds downstairs? are upstairs in the sky, and then they come oh. down when the clouds come downstairs. downstairs get yourself fog. some fog. Yeah, wow. I mean, I'll tell you, it's it's. I know. Hold on. I got to hold off on my fog criticism. The fog take? Whoa! Oh, so hold on. Whoa. I got a fog take. Weather take. Hold up. Alex has got a fog take. I'm going to save it for the end of the podcast. We're really going to build to my hot fog take. Oh hot God. fog. Hot fog. The... The reason that I do the recap is, you know, I want these podcasts to be evergreen. When people are listening to our Riverdale podcast 50, 100 years from now, oh, and they're no. like, all right, yeah. that episode. You know, this helps them, like, just really catch up and really get into it. Yeah. I hope they have holograms of how we look right now. Projects. <laughs> I'm sure like 100. Five years younger. That's all. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Take 100 a years from now, someone's going to be like, you know what? I want to look up what three white guys thought about this amazing show. <laughs> <laughs> Three Truth. white guys Riverdale thoughts I don't know why I'm doing the clicking the keyboard Keyboards aren't a good exist yeah, just gonna They're like, not going to exist Do it yeah, with our tongues It's going to be a thought Yeah, it's just, Oh yeah. what? Uh, yeah That's... we'll have the keyboards in our mouths Our teeth will <laughs> yeah. be the keys <laughs> Says Alex <laughs> Alex I can't believe you're holding your hot fog take But you've got your <laughs> yeah, futuristic keyboard drop, take yeah, dropping. Crazy Whoa. man 
So everybody has been getting superpowers in the town of Riverdale. Jughead can hear people's thoughts. Archie is super strong. Not everybody. Vulnerable. Uh, most people invulnerable. Yep. Good uh, Cheryl found out that she is a pyrokinetic. She can control fire. Betty can see evil auras. And now Tabitha can time travel. And they're all building to an epic battle against Perfsible Pickens, who is the personification of the devil, we think, who also Maybe. has the power to coerce people's Maybe. minds. He's been working with slash influencing Alice in particular to slowly take over the town, including the town council, among other things. And last episode, Tabitha actually kind of stopped him using time travel, which yeah. is the first big uh, fall backwards uh, loss. That's what that word is. Loss for Percival Pickens <laughs> <laughs> that we've seen so fall far in this back. season. It's crazy. We don't know the word Spring loss. Ahead, <laughs> fall backwards. Oh, <laughs> loss. Loss. I, That's yeah, what I was trying know. to get to. Words work. Words are important get, for a podcast, right? Yeah. Nope. Let's get nope. back to your keyboard take. Let's really focus <laughs> yeah, on that. Please stop Future. making that noise. Please stop. He's typing. In any case, other things that are going on. Veronica owns a casino as part of a breakup with Reggie. She kicked him out of the casino. We see the fallout of that this episode. She's also grappling with the death of her father, Hiram. Who knows how he died, but it was because she called a hit on him. So kind of kind of her fault a little bit. It might be a slow hit where he's just slowly feeding yeah. him like too much right. saturated we're, fat or something. We're all dying oh, of a slow hit. That, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's it. Some of us faster than others. Life Kevin, is the ultimate slow hit man is what they Kevin say. Kevin has also been under the thrall of Percival Pickens, uh, though the other thing that he is dealing with, unclear whether it has to do with Percival or not, though I'd venture probably a little bit, is he is in a custody battle with Tony and Fangs for baby Anthony. Both Fangs and Kevin, when they were married, had the baby and adopted the baby um, or were supposed to adopt the baby. But that all kind of fell apart. And back in the day, he had a little bit of things with Moose, who left town as a trucker. We also delve into the Gargoyle King. who was the villain back in season three. Ooh, I won't what get a too flashback much that, that was. Very uh, exciting. Yeah. And Penelope Blossom is Cheryl's mom. There's a lot of history you need mm -hmm. to delve into there, but the short version is she has always gone directly for Cheryl and hated Cheryl. We finally get to the root of that in this episode, which is a very big deal. And uh, she's Archie, back in the habit. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Best pun in the business. Sister Act 2 back in the habit. Archie and Betty are together. Jughead and Tabitha are together. Veronica and Reggie are broken up. Tony and Fangs are together. And we do delve into a lot of relationship stuff and have actual conversations this episode. That was the big thing, critically, that I want to talk about right off. I love this episode. Well, critically, mm -hmm. positively critically, talking about it in a critical aspect. Uh, the I love this episode because they took the time to give everybody conversations that they should have, mind yeah. you, had season, season and a half ago. But I thought that was great. Like, going into this episode, I expected the whole fog thing would be this terrifying, spooky monsters coming out of the fog it all is. over the nest. Are you, you Chris? You didn't yeah. see it in the school? Poor Kev barely made it out of there. That was a dream, man. Or was it because we woke up, the fog was coming into the room. We, we woke up. We woke up? <laughs> Were yeah, you there? We woke, well, yeah. We're all watching it and inside it at the same time, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe this episode of Riverdale was just us having a collective dream. Sorry, I forgot to recap the character of Pete LePage on this character. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long one. I don't know if we got time for this. We got time for that. Well, that goes way back. There's a lot of deep stuff going on there. Uh, yeah, I, I loved I loved the conversations. I thought that was great to spend the time. There were so many like good emotional moments. We haven't gotten that was for so long on the show. It made me very happy to see. It almost felt like they were like, okay, put a fog up so everyone just sits still for a second yeah, so we can deal with some stuff. Force everybody to be in one place. Uh, yeah. I tell totally. you. Well, I, I love that. Like, I loved. But, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. yeah. Go if ahead. You're going to say critically and not bring up big candles. I mean, this was an episode for like. Yankee candles, like every candle company, yeah. they must have all had the, a huge. Yeah, I know. And let's all take a second. And, let's I mean, all take on. a second and list all the big candle companies. We got Yankee yeah, yeah, Candle, yeah, 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 and let's yeah, go yeah. around the horn. Pete, you're up next. <laughs> name a name another candle company, real quick. <laughs> Alex, it's your turn <laughs> next. Yeah. Just make Doesn't sure you Bath got one. Bodyworks sell candles, or am I thinking? Oh, cool. Yeah, the, I mean, nice yeah, job. sure. Any place is, has a candle, but yeah. I'm just saying, big candle, big candle. 
Big Candle works in mysterious ways. That's why we don't know the name. Big Candle yeah. is the Percival Pickens of our reality. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. That's crazy. Because you know what thank everyone you. has in their home? Candles. Yeah, and I mean, thank you, you for go. bringing that up in a critical respect. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know, if you had allowed me to do the recap, I would talk about the 10 years you worked at CandleCritic.com. Uh, yeah. uh, you did terrible work there. Hey, yeah. we took we took candles down a peg. Uh, you know, no, you, people, well, you did. People are afraid to do it. You know, mm-hmm. your big idea was to put, make the whole candle out of the wick, right? So you're mm-hmm. like, this isn't burning enough. Let's make it all wick. Yeah, more wick is what people want. Yeah, more wick. <laughs> you were the you were the side up guy. You were the inspiration for John Wick, right? Originally, yeah. Uh, right. yeah. Right. Right. The Pete LePage story got adapted. <laughs> they took Pete out of it, and eventually it became John Wick. Because it he made was, more uh, sense without me in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely did. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I did a quick candle count after this episode just to make sure if things go down, like if a fog rolls in, you know, you got to be ready. Home. Yeah, yeah, you got to be ready. Uh, Would you land on how many candles? Yeah, are how many candles, Pete? Well, you got to have ten or more to feel safe. So I'm good. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Nice. What, what I was saying earlier, though, is I expected it to be like this very spooky, intense, scary episode, and there were elements of that. But like you're saying, Justin, it was much more of like the everybody gets stuck in the elevator uh, sitcom episode oh, where the frost talk wait. about stuff, and I, I thought that was great. Wait, no, you guys keep glazing over this. This was spooky. Okay, Betty opened the door and it looked like a murderer was outside. Okay, uh, yeah. Jughead was gone for hours, maybe days. We don't know. When he came back, Tabitha uh, was worried sick. So, like, you know, it was scary out there. So, I'm not going to sit around and let you guys say it wasn't scary. Did well, you see what the fog did to that Riverdale sign? That yeah, was it, turn, it turned the lights off, which is yeah. what happens every episode when the title hits. Um, I mean, I think the real lesson here is relationships are the ultimate uh, fog monster. Well, I think that was the point, and I think that was well said, is that everybody is in this very murky place with their relationships, with their lives. They're not sure where they're going. And so to use it for that level of metaphor, this also was one of my favorite episodes of the season so far because I've been – I've been pretty open about not loving all the whole superpower. Yeah. I've been all over the place, but I haven't loved the superpower stuff. It's not really my thing, but I think the way that this episode was written and crafted, it used the superpowers to emphasize the relationships rather than the other way around. Like it wasn't just a plot thing. Like Tabitha's time travel worked so well in the Jughead thing because it really tied into the relationship or yeah. Betty and Archie, obviously, like, they ignored that when that came to their relationship. Um, But there were, like, little notes throughout the Cheryl storyline, same sort of thing. She used the pyrokinetic thing to affect, to really, like, push forward the place that she was with with her mother. So it was used as a tool in the episode rather than the main part of the plot. And I thought that was really wonderful. Very funny. The lifelong comic book fan, Alex, is like, this superpower thing? Ugh. Can't deal. (laughs) Yeah, deal with it. Can't Good. deal with it. What were you going to say, just, Pete? I just, I, I was, uh, I, I'm still just a little disappointed that we're not addressing the fog here. Um, if <laughs> what are you, if what are you, if you've been doing do nothing it. but talking about the fog. No, no. If you opened your door and saw yeah. a creepy person in the fog and, and you know that there is this person called the trash guy killer out there, would you just close the door and just like make out and be like, Hey, there's nothing wrong. Like everybody be cool. There's just a creepy dude outside. No big deal. I don't want to complicate this too much, but did you guys see how ripped the trash bag killer is this episode? Because yeah, if I saw him out there, I might be like a little conflicted. Wow, interesting. <laughs> so you would be like, oh, maybe I'll leave this door unlocked. I don't yeah. know yeah. what's happening. I mean, he's, got a, can... he's got a tight bob, that trash bag killer. Oh, my right. God. You love trash bags. It's a turn on for you. And the fact Absolutely. that he's got washboard abs is a whole just another bonus. Yeah, my um, biggest turn on is Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's when I take out the garbage. Garbage day. Yeah. Oh, garbage wow. uh, two garbage well, you get, days. Look you at get this two hobby. garbage days? What kind of Okay, Prince Zelda. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> you guys don't? You take out trash on the first day and trash and recycling on the second day. What? Honestly. Really? Uh, the fact that I know we, I mean, we, I'm sure we do have more garbage days and there's garbage trucks driving oh, around Brooklyn. Yeah. I just, I just stick to the what I know. Uh, okay. 
I just, okay, I don't, don't go chasing waterfalls outside your apartment. <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls when it comes to multiple garbage days. Um, but what I was going to say is um, we had talked about Glenn being the trash bag killer. Based mm-hmm. on that ripped body, my theory of Glenn is over. Unless Glenn <laughs> was ripped for a brief time in the middle. He just worked out for a couple of days, did a bunch he, of Wii sports. What? It did... Moose is also pretty ripped. Like Moose just mysteriously being like, "Hey, yeah, I was once they shut down the highway because I'm a trucker." I was like, "Oh, you think okay. Moose is the trash bag?" I don't think Moose is no. ripped. Moose is yeah. bearing out. Like he is a bear right now. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Well, let's talk about all because Moose showing up. I was like, "Isn't Moose dead?" Cult. <laughs> Gargoyle, <laughs> trucker. I was like, which of these wild things? Moose is like the catch-all for any season on Riverdale. And the fact that he shows up, I'm like, 100% Moose is going to end up Moose being sighting. fog. Moose is fog. Moose yeah, is going to be is. fog. I thought it was the magical fog bringing Moose back to life here for Kevin. But <laughs> but let's talk about the Kevin storyline in general because um, I they, I love Tabitha in the beginning being like, they're like talking about what to do in the town. She's like, Kevin is a person. I was like, yes, thank you, Tabitha. He's a friend of ours. <laughs> yeah. Great uh, news to be reminded of that. And then yeah. we get um, Kevin fighting with Tony and, and all that. And that we got, actually got a nice arc for Kevin in this episode. Fangs ends up being the one who is, like, becoming a bit of a oh, villain man, in their fangs. relationship. Getting a little aggressive out there. Yeah. But then you have, like, but Kevin. Fangs and- being hurt by Kevin, which, you know, I get it. Like, he left you high and dry one time, and now it's like, you can't reschedule a meeting because of the fog. But everybody <laughs> did. I, I, I don't know. I I'm reschedule a, hard a lot time. of stuff based on fog. I know you want to I'm talk a- about Kevin. Just while we're talking about the Fangs thing for a little bit. I think I'm having a hard time processing my emotions towards the Tony Fangs relationship, but I also... Even beyond that, Fangs is like a loose cannon at this point. Him being like, we got to raise yeah. baby Anthony to kill ghoulies or ghoulies are going to kill him. Kill him. I and know, that Tony's was like, like weird just line. back up the truck for a second, Fangs. He's like, I want to raise my kid old school. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, I get it. Like, there's a certain level of I understand what Fangs is going through. But maybe there's something about the performance that's just a little too insanely over the top, even for Riverdale for me, where it's just, he's, he's intense. And then him screaming almost at Kevin by the end of the episode. Again, it was like, I was like, just take it like down 10% Fangs. And then I I understand where you're coming from. Although I'm very curious, like how uh, Fangs would raise that kid. Like, is it like, you got to learn to fight before you can walk. Like, I mean, when do you introduce weapons? Like, how does it really work? You know what I mean? He's going to raise baby Anthony as a snake. He's going to feed him whole mice. He's going to make him slither. (laughs) (laughs) Give him a war. You got to be a serpent before you can be a serpent. (laughs) Oh, Anthony curl up on this rock in the sun. It's time to sleep. (laughs) Baby's too short. So, uh, yeah, the, again, like that thing at the end of the episode, he's been really hurt by Kevin, I guess, which we haven't really gotten to see a whole lot. Yeah, it was over nice the course to of the see season. him kind of be able to put a little voice to that. Yeah. Yeah. But also, just he's hurt Kevin. He's hurt Kevin a lot, too, yes. which I think he's forgetting because the conversation. So I, I feel like Kevin being reunited with Moose and fe- feeling like he has reunited. value. Moose is like. Exactly. Moose, even though their relationship has sort of been messed up over the years with Moose. I mean. Not being able to come out and all of that. But Moose coming to him and saying, like, I care for you. Like, that's something that Kevin hasn't heard, at least that we've been privy to hardly at all in the whole run of this show. So I think that the fact that that happens for him, he has the nightmare of the Gargoyle King um, and that feels like dealing dealing with some trauma. Wait, wait, wait. All right, come on. All right, so when when he says to Kev, though, like, what happened to Broadway? I mean, that cut like a knife, like um, yeah. Moose knows, like his love of that. And like, then the whole like, hey, remember that thing? And then Kevin being like, oh, you mean the most traumatizing thing that's ever happened to me? Yeah, I, I remember that. I, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And then we get the kind of flashback like, oh. And to, to have all that and then for Kevin to come out of the fog, sort of having a little bit more value and being more of a rounded person. 
but I was like, it oh, seems it like the gonna... fog makes you more buff and like because moose look bigger than we've yeah. seen them before. He's How much fog have you nice been jacket. on? He's wearing a nice jacket. I gotta That's get more got into on. the fog. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I gotta yeah. get more fog. I don't, my exercise regime is to go to a foggy place and right. hang, and it's working. Yeah, you can feel it. You're more ripped yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> You went to flex, but then it went the other way. It kind of went down. Yeah, I did a classic Popeye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, You're low on spinach. I thought the Kevin Wu's relationship is great. It was so nice to be reminded of that. It gave me, it fondly took me back to Bizarro Dale, the episode, yeah. which is like yeah. the most romantic Kevin Moose episode. And just seeing them together again was really, really nice. Well, Cody nice, Kearsley yeah. does a great job with Moose. Um, I also, on the nightmare front, the lighting that they used in the hallway was the same lighting that they used for prom night when the Gargoyle yeah. King attacks. And I thought that was just like a fun Smart. little lighting throwback there to remind us of yeah. that. Um, so uh, just to kind of wrap up the Kevin Moose storyline here, what do you think it means? I do think there is meaning to the fact that he still sees the fog in the hallway when nobody else in the episode does it. To me, it feels like Kevin feels safe in Moose's arms, in but the there's the, always this worry in the background that it's going to go horribly wrong for him at some point. So what does this mean for Kevin? Um, I think he, I think we see that exactly thing, the exact thing happen. Like he does feel comfortable. He calls up Fangs and it's like, Hey, let's do shared custody. I feel like I don't want to have this fight. And instantly Fangs is like, I'm coming for you. And it's like, yeah, it's unnecessary. Work. So I think, he finally felt safe for a second and then is immediately sort of pushed off that, that safe base. So I, I just hope we get to see more episodes like this where Kevin has some story and does feel like he's moving in a better direction as opposed to him being in the thrall of Percival and being just a henchman, essentially doing awful things. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, let's get him away from Mayor PP for sure. But it's this kind of thing of like, can Kevin love the fog? Like, obviously, Moose does. And, you know, can he be happy in this kind of foggy relationship? You know, uh, I hope I, I, like I hope that. so, because like, you know, it would be nice to see Kevin get a couple W's. You know, I would I. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Kevin gets the short end of the stick too much, so I'm hoping that he can learn to love the fog and be happy with the moose in it. Hashtag love the fog. And Alex, just so you know, um, W is short for win, which is like the opposite of loss. Okay, okay. I don't get that, but I appreciate it. Why don't we move on to one of the other storylines? I'm sure there's other things that we can talk about there, uh, but we can talk about Cheryl's. That's sort of off on its own a little bit. And some big stuff goes down. Broad overview of the storyline is Penelope comes back. She is a nun now. She is trading with the Sisters Uh, of the Quiet Mercy in the Himalayas. And she needs to... Yes, no, let's just let's just take okay. a breath and sure. enjoy our, our yeah. the show. I mean, this is just fun, you know. Like Cheryl's mom comes back, completely dressed as a nun, and goes, "I've been in the Himalayas. I've now joined this." Like, I mean, what a show! How, the fact that this could happen <laughs> and it makes complete sense to be like, "Oh yeah, this is right in line with what's happening." Just, I, I mean, unbelievable. I agree completely. When she shows up in the nun's habit, and Cheryl is us in that moment, she's like. You're an ex-dom, convicted yeah. felon, serial killer, and now you're a nun. And yeah. that made me think of, is there someone on staff at Riverdale who, like, lives, is like the Dr. Curdle, who's the historian? Who they're like, hey, um, call up um, the historian and ask her what's happening, uh, what, what the history of Penelope is. And she's like, yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's Man, just an well, insane so wait, person. That is, like, is that the story editor's job or is it the continuity Chief or um, line producer's job? No, no, no. no. Um, uh, it would be a script supervisor, sort script of on an episode by right. episode basis. But um, in the longer term, it'd be you know just like a more of a showrunnery. I'll tell you what, task. that has to be. If there is somebody who legitimately feels very strongly about keeping the continuity of Riverdale, I feel so bad for them because the show so purposefully ignores continuity all the time down to not to jump out of the storyline. But Alice frames up this thing where she's like, um, oh, this is going to be the worst fog since the Great Fog of 1922. 
if you remember, we celebrated the 75th anniversary Jubilee, and I think like season one or season two, which doesn't time off with that at all. So they've already established that Riverdale was established 75 years earlier, but also was around in 1922. And also, I think, was around in like the 1600s at the same time. So that person has to be tearing their hair out. Yeah. The fog was the first chocolate shop. And then later came the buildings. Um, but yes, it is. A, it is. Well, I do think this season, especially they've been done a big a lot of work to reminding us of all of the wild things that have happened on the show. So much of this show is now like, hey, you character. Remember, you were this, this and this. And now you're this. Uh, that happened to Moose for Moose in this episode. And of course, here with. um uh with Penelope coming back. Yeah. I mean, the the whole Alice flex of like, I'm the media in this town. Like I can, uh, don't worry. I'll keep everybody inside being like the fog that we haven't seen in a hundred years is back. Everyone stay inside the fog. The well, fog is coming. The fog. And I, I, I actually really like, I mean, Alice is becoming a great villain. She's like, you are mad at her. I think throughout this episode at the beginning and the end, she has this welcome to night veil. If you know that podcast vibe, when she's doing that bit about the fog, talking about how horrible it is. And I love that she goes into great takes pains to be like, and here's how I'm going to get around the weather girl to do our fog announcement. I was like, like what? Who cares? Just Why don't the weather? You don't need to explain <laughs> this. And let me be honest. Is there a weather person at this network or is it just uh, Alice who, doing a Who is jobs? Alice's boss and why is Alice allowed to do any story she wants? I have a better question. Have a better question. Is clearly in Pops, the TV is turned to RIVW all day long. What is that programming like? Alice yeah. comes on, does a five-minute interview with Percival every day, clearly, and then she pops in and does the weather. What is the other content for the rest of the day? What's going on on that channel? Well, I'm sure Alice does some like readings of her favorite um, uh, poetry. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the Alice Alice show nonstop. Right. She's going to be so be, hoarse by the end of the day. There's got to yeah. be so many FCC violations against her. It's unbelievable. You don't I see bet, her. I bet she does a live Riverdale podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's. You think she's doing? Which one is she of the three of us? Is she sort of. Who's the Alice on this podcast? Yeah. No, who's who? Yeah, oh, she question. would be. Who's the Alex? Alice makes a lot of sense. Uh, that does make sense. Uh, yeah, that does. Uh, I we were talking about Cheryl's storyline. <laughs> okay, yes. talking about yeah, that please. Is yeah. So, so yeah, the, oh, go ahead, Pete. You I just say like Cheryl's mom showing up in a, you know full nunned out and being like, could could I please have a a warm bed and some scrumptious meal? I, I was just like. Oh, my God. And Cheryl having to make this tough decision of like, no, I banished you, but like, I guess I'll let you use the shower and I'll feed you like pretty big of Cheryl. Pretty nice. Like could have easily turned her away. And, you know, I mean, with everything else that's going on, I don't know if we would have felt that bad about it. But like uh, the fact that she opened her home back up to her insane mom is uh, it says a lot about Cheryl. I mean, the thing is, maybe I'm foolish, but I, I do sort of buy her story. Mm-hmm. Here. Like, she does seem like she's not, she didn't, we didn't uh, see her wink. I, I don't we didn't know. see it's, the mask fall. It's, it, she said, I've been in the Himalayas. I mean, that is a pristine nun outfit that looks like it was just bought. You know what no, I she's mean? Like spinning, barely, she's like sound of, she's sound yeah, of music. She's spinning around, yelling at the So there's two things here, right? Like to treat this legitimately. One is, yes, I do believe her and she's absolutely saying this, but that doesn't preclude her from being absolutely evil in the next episode or being like, now I fly. Now now I fly of my own command. But the second thing (laughs) is that she signed up with the original Sisters of Quiet Mercy, which is already an evil nun organization. Not a great nun. Not a great nunnery. And if if you're looking, that's like a... 
That's the nunnery they tried to capture and like mind wipe Cheryl, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing that I think is weird about this choice that maybe we will actually see more of Penelope and more blowback as the season continues is they are the nunnery that did conversion therapy. That might have been a Riverdale local thing. And the Himalayas one doesn't care. They're like, live how you want to live. But the big revelation at the end of the episode here is that (laughs) Penelope hid letters from Heather, who is Charles crush in junior high school for years. She reads all of them and Penelope all but confesses that part of the reason that she was so horrible to Cheryl is because she was probably secretly a lesbian or bisexual as well. At least she had feelings towards women and she took it out on Cheryl. So if they do conversion therapy at this Sisters of the Quiet Mercy, this is going to be a big problem for Penelope going forward uh, if they do want to return to that plot line. I I, I wonder just, if they'll go. I wonder if they go back to that. I do think that it will still be evil, mm-hmm. but probably in a different way. I would guess. Um, but like, if when you're applying to nunneries, the Sisterhood of the Quiet Mercy has got to be a safety nunnery. Like you want to aim a little <laughs> bit higher. I think to one of the more the more prestigious. Yeah, nunneries. but I mean, I actually that's the thing. You can't action and got rejected. Yeah, yeah you got to be. You can't have Cheryl's mom's resume and get into a, a nicer nunnery. You're going to only Isn't get into Isn't that the whole point of nunneries, though, to take you clean how you are as you present yourself without worrying about your past? I don't know. I sure. haven't dropped by. A, I haven't dropped by a lot of nunneries. Sure. Alex, you're more I of mean, a nunnery It's been guy, a while right? since I've seen Sister Act. I, that's my only real. Uh, <laughs> it's good research. They work. Yeah. You got to get back of the habit. Oh, boy. Good. Let's make sure we get that in a couple more times, just yeah. to be very clear <laughs> just about one. it. Just one for the yeah. rule of threes, guys. That's a but come on, principle. though. Like Cher- Cheryl being like, seeing her go right for the doll, which she kind of is dressed like that creepy doll a little bit, and then immediately blows out the candle, turns it over, and smacks her mom in the head. I mean, this is just great Cheryl content. I mean, this is just Cheryl. It was great. And then, like I said earlier, the way that she reveals she's pyrokinetic by turning up the heat on Penelope and saying, you know what, this is it. This is enough. Uh, And that does work as this torture to force Penelope to be like, wait, 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 wait. I have these letters from Heather. That's what I wanted to tell you. I thought that was a great character use of the power. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also a perfect, like, Cheryl's evil mom being like, I could fake to be a nun, come back in there and drop this one more bomb on her. And then, like, it's all part of her evil plan. Well, but this is a bomb that she drops on Cheryl that actually makes her feel better, I think. The fact that she wasn't just ignored by Heather when she was young, that Heather did write her letters, even though her mom was keeping them. It does feel at least, I don't know what the the punishment for have for uh, Cheryl is by her doing that. So it does feel like she, she is doing something that is actually making Cheryl feel better for a change. Right. right but that's what I mean. It's part of her evil plan to get back in uh, to the house on Cheryl's good side. Uh, I don't trust it, man. She just yeah. wants to get back in those walls, the most comfortable place to sleep in the world. I, I am know. very excited about Heather what is coming. Nana Rose? I was like, where's Nana Rose? Why isn't she seeing what's going on? Like, oh. Wasn't available yeah, is this Nana, episode. Is Nana Rose a doll yet or like uh, <laughs> a, a weather well, formation? I'll check with the script supervisor. We'll find out. The love the Heather moments. I thought Madeline Petch really crushed it in terms of the emotion of these scenes. Yeah. Very excited to see this character finally come into the show after teasing it for so many seasons. This is a great plot line to go back to. It's going to mean a lot, not just for Cheryl, but I think ultimately for Cheryl and Tony as well as those things continue to progress there. So however that sort of upends the apple card and turns around the relationship things, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Agreed. Why? Yeah, the, oh, yep. It's, it's very exciting to get this kind of like intro of a new character you know, but it's kind of like our, we're trying to get people away from the uh, Cheryl and Tony of it all, which, you know, I'm not on board with. I'm still fighting. I, for I it. don't think it's going to take Cheryl away from Cheryl is already as far away from Tony as humanly possible. They're in yeah. entirely different plot still lines. Still a chance. Still a chance. Seeing Cheryl with her junior high crush, whatever happens, if it works, if it doesn't work, Uh, We don't know anything about what Heather is like now. It's going to cause a reaction from Tony, which 
Tony is already at a place where she's having friction with Fangs, so yeah. we're heading towards some drama. How it turns out, we'll see, but I'm excited to watch And it. you got Fangs, yeah, Fangs is sort of slipping off the map, I think, uh, giving into some anger. I feel like we're not just headed to drama, we're maybe headed to Shoney. And I also have a theory about, we have, um, there's been a lot of talk about what powers are coming with Veronica. I think Alex, you speculated getting some sort of ice power. Um, what if that goes to Tony? Because then it puts that her and Cheryl on like a nice sort of track. Fire and ice. And that does tie into the whole water ghost thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, it could be water and fire. Water is warm ice. Just like fog is downstairs cloud. Oh my God. I'm sort of the weather girl of this podcast. The house is trying to oust. I hope you never get sick or I'm jumping into your spot. Because you're that Alice, I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be really good. Why don't we jump over and talk about Veronica and Reggie? Because Uh. this is non-powered, as we mentioned, neither of them have powers. But over the course of this episode, because they're both trapped in the casino alone, they play a little strip poker, they hook up again, and Uh, then have a real non-fight conversation about the relationship that seemingly finally ends it for good. Again, just on an emotional level, I thought this was great. And given Camilla yeah. Mendez and Charles Melton chance to really like flex their acting muscles, it was a pleasure to watch, even though it was very sad. I, uh, I really, this is the only time I'll agree with you, Alex, about the whole like uh, good for people to kind of talk about their relationships. I, I thought mm. the way that they okay. talked, about- not going to delve into that too much. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the way it that they Let talked. Enjoy. The way that they talked about uh, their relationship and the way they kind of like uh, hashed things out was was very cool. And the fact that like Reggie uh, stuck up for himself was like, yo, that painting is creepy AF. And yeah. like the fact that you're keeping that is a symbol of something that we shouldn't be, you know, holding on to. Like, and then the fact that she's like, you're right. We're in a toxic kind of cycle. We have to break this, uh, you know, if we want to get any for, I thought it was very cool and mature. And I liked the way it kind of unfolded. Um, and I'm kind of happy for both of them, which is, uh, which is weird. Oh, really? Because I, I agree with you. I thought that it was and it felt it, it mirrored real relationships where you're like, you're like, oh, what if we had sex now? Uh, maybe. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, we got to talk about all the rest of this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I really the like that. Parts on the way, <laughs> yeah, let's get down to business. I have deal a, with the real shit. I um, just want to go over. It. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciated that. And I liked I thought it was like. I love the flirtation of it. And then afterwards, getting into the real stuff for real. And to talk about Archie as sort of the ghost or even the fog that they're Ooh, sort of uh, awash in in their in their relationship, I thought was true. And uh, the the sort of inherent flaw with their relationship, if they can't get past the fact that that Reggie is like, I'm your second pick, obviously. Yeah. And Veronica being like, well... I'm Archie's second pick, so isn't that fine? And he's like, no, no. that's not <laughs> how it works. The, um, I the line it was of the and, episode, just really quick, the line of the episode for me and the biggest gut punch was, we're all someone's consolation prize. Oh, yeah, man. Was just like, Come on, dude. Oh. That, it, that, was a a great, that was a really well-crafted, really well-written line, and it got to the heart of exactly what you're saying, Justin, in terms of how these characters feel. And I don't think... Yeah. Maybe, you know, to prognosticate, it means Veronica's to be like, you know what? I'm nobody's consolation prize. I'm going to go after Archie, and that creates its own drama. Or maybe yep. she just realizes, no, I need to concentrate on myself and figure out how to not feel like this. It really gets to this undercurrent of what Camila Mendez has been playing all season. We've been joking about they always cut it on her with a glass of rub, just sitting on her own, drinking and thinking. But this really points drinking to how she's thinking. been feeling. She's like, you know what? Drinking I'm playing a uh, shadow of my father with my second choice boyfriend back in a town I never wanted to live in. That's what my life is. And yeah. it's so sad and it hurts so much to watch. But I thought it was really beautiful played. And to put it out there in that way was really nicely done as well. And I also think that a character as strong as Veronica, when she sort of owns all of that, and I think maybe when she finally defeats her father, the painting, at the end of this episode. Um, well, we don't see it wrapped up yet. She just calls for the wrappings. True, but much like Palladium, um, twine and brown paper are uh, a painting's weakness. Yeah, that's true. 
Once you cover up a painting, it's over. <laughs> then it's just a rectangle. Right. A but regular hey, you got to cover It's still got to happen. It's just you could have the supplies sitting there all day. It doesn't mean you're going to do it. Dude, but there's nothing stronger than twine. Have you ever used twine? That stuff have, is. Uh, have you ever tried like to Wonder open Woman's twine? lasso? Oh, yeah, God. no, exactly. God, could, I couldn't even imagine to have to have the strength to open twine. <laughs> just the name twine. It just uh, is strength. It conveys strength. I'm yeah. going to disagree. I think the the best uh, line of it is uh, whatever happened to Broadway, Kevin. I thought that was the most <laughs> powerful well, But I line. think it's the same sort of theme, right? Where Kevin is yeah. talking about, no, this was my second choice. This is my consolation prize was Great teaching call. here. He's trying to be a winner in this custody battle. And ultimately he realizes, no, I don't want to be a consolation prize or I'm okay being a consolation prize. I'm okay sharing custody on this kid, I'm okay being back together with Moose, my high school boyfriend. This is all going to be okay with me because at least it's not terrifying. And at least you I'm know, not throwing myself into a dangerous situation. You know what's not okay is the uh, those those poor students whose papers were not being graded well. I mean, Kevin was mm. having flashbacks and like writing mm. all over somebody's. Somebody's going to get their paper back and be like, what does this even mean? Yeah. Hey, um, Kevin. Hey, hey, Professor Kevin. I got a G for Gargoyle King on my <laughs> test. What is yeah. that? Is that worse than an F? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, and while you're saying favorite lines, mine is it's like a Stephen King movie out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Sounds <laughs> nice. Which one? Like it is. Christine? <laughs> Cujo? Which one? <laughs> I don't, that's the thing. I don't know. It just feels like a could Stephen be, King movie. Shawshank? Shawshank? Yeah. Shawshank? The Green Mile? Yeah. Oh, my God. Not sure which one. The uh, Just to put a wrap on this particular storyline, I think like How we often about do you look at of, a man's shoes? Sorry. There, <laughs> there's uh, no. a lot of different places, like we talked about, that Veronica could go. What's going to happen with Reggie at this point? Because he feels like one of those characters would be like, well, now you're at a loss. You don't have powers. You're not dating Veronica. You're not working at the casino. You're sitting at a car dealership playing uh, poker with wise guys, and that's all you have going on. Added the fact that Charles Melton seems to be on this world tour for the past couple of months. I'm a little worried about him maybe leaving the show. What do you guys think? I think from a uh, a plot in the show, I think he could easily slip under the um, auspices of PP. Mm-hmm. No, uh, don't because no. he's got some vul- no. he's upset. He's got some vulnerabilities. No. no. He's going to open up a strip poker joint with his um, buddies in the Gabagool <laughs> division yeah. of the show. Um, hey, wise guys, I tried this thing with my ex-girlfriend, and it was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's give it a shot. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I think uh, he's just going to kind of fall in with the wise guys, and maybe we'll be kind of like if somebody needs some muscle, they'll go to uh, they'll go to Reg every once in a while. But I'm worried about him. But I'm also excited for him because he's not in this relationship where he's not wanted. So uh, hopefully that right. opens things up for him. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little worried about the people he's hanging out with for sure. Should we talk about Jughead and Tabitha? Because I thought this was a really yeah. interesting storyline as well. Like I mentioned earlier, treating the time travel thing seriously and using it as an emotional father to talk about how Tabitha is worried about Jughead, the slow reveal over the course of the episode that she Doctor oh, Stranged in Infinity yeah. Warded up and went through, yeah. I think it was yeah. 1,384. She didn't do this, but it was like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of going on. Well, yeah, it's also, it was weird that she was like, I went through 1,384 1, scenarios and we beat him twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Pretty so there's, good. There's options. You got some options. But so the way you're that she there's holds, a chance. The way that they planned yeah. out that thing, uh, both from the perspective of like her motivating factor is, oh, God, I know Jughead is going to die no matter what. And I'm terrified of that. Jughead not having that information and kind of barreling ahead, but also letting that tie into this idea in for Riverdale, a subtle way of Pops being this literal lighthouse in the fog, this safe place that everybody can yeah. go. I thought there was a lot of really good interesting, well-done stuff in this storyline. Yeah, I really liked the kind of like Jughead being like, so uh, you can time travel. I'd like to hear. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, you know, I'm just going to put it out. I, not too much brush. I like he was like, I'm just going to take my shot here. Like, you know, I don't want to be a pest about this. And I thought that she was like pretty cool about it. Like, hey, I tried. Like, I, yeah. I tried a bunch of times, but like there's this thing like fixed point, you know, so I thought that yeah. was like cool. And then when she was like, she says like she wrestles with this idea of like, should I tell him? I was very happy that she did. And like, it was nice to see them kind of connect in that way. The one part that I didn't like was the Jughead like, hey, stop reading my mind thing, which is tough because it's like, well, it's either complete silence <laughs> and yeah. I can't hear or I can read, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, this, they kind of revisited that. And I was like, okay, you're going to kind of make something big about this later. Well, no, but, no, but I think the reason that worked for me, I agree with you, Pete. I felt that when I was watching the scene, but in retrospect, it makes sense because Tabitha is panicked. He's going to find out that she knows he's going to die. So that's yeah. why she had the reaction. She was, it was more or about, just like anybody else. Like, Hey, don't fucking read my thoughts, man. That's creepy. Yeah. That not cool. And I feel like he can't help if he's using that to hear anything. Like it's going to be hard to be like, is that a thought or something you're saying? It's not like I could turn it off and on. There's degrees, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, First off, I love Jughead's turtleneck look right from the jump. I was like, this guy is not he's got he's wearing his um, his author uh, headshot look already. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. And then secondly, yeah, Pete, I, you said it already, but like the thing of Jughead at the beginning being like, hey, babe, um, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about. Ketchup. We got we got enough ketchup. Good. Um, <laughs> I filled up all the ketchups. And, those ketchups are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just wanted to check those sugar packets are all set up. And you, you, so wait, you time traveled. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. That, I guess that's the bigger one I want to talk about. Like, he so casually walks up to it. I thought it was super funny. And then the way at the, at the end of the episode, once Tabitha tells him, this horrible situation that they're in and that Jughead is sort of the hero. Basically, she's like, you're the only one that can match person. Yeah. You're his other when it comes to um, brain powers. He's just like, we'll figure it out. I'm just like, this well, guy's confident. Well, so I like not the, the, oh, the, the, the way that he kind of was like, hey, just we can't give up hope was beautiful. I mean, it was like this thing of like, Hey, we've done it twice. I know things are bad and maybe I'm going to die, but like kind of it's a, it really felt like Jughead's hero moment. And he wasn't a douche about it. Like he was yeah. very cool about it. He was just like, Hey, you know, we can't give up hope. And I was like, that's, that's beautiful, man. Well, I think I, first of all, I love the line. Sadly, this is not the first time I've been destined to die. Just yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's just like, I've been here before. Uh, I come on, it's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. This show's insane. Yeah, did you see Alice's podcast earlier? This show's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's crazy. The, she didn't know the, the word loss at the beginning. And then later, <laughs> she nailed it. The... Look that Cole Sprouse gives, though, when he's hugging Tabitha at the end. I do think there's a lot of things that you could read into that. One is that he's worried about Tabitha, but I do think there's an underlying thing of him being like, it's okay, we'll get through this, we'll figure this out, uh, it's not fate, etc. But he's not sure. Like, obviously, he's yeah. still worried about it. He just oh, doesn't want to worry her more. They held on to that hug for a reason. Like, we're going to cut back to that hug, and he's going to be like, hey, time travel. And she's going to be like, Chuckhead, no. And he's going to come <laughs> out, please. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could yeah be. They're going to cut back to that hug and be like, we have been hugging for three episodes. <laughs> yeah. Please. Well, that's why I always cut back to the hug, man. I always do long hugs just in case it's a fixed point for time travel. <laughs> yes. Also, that's, that's shout smart. out to I love how they're playing Tabitha now. She is now now at the point where she is so fed up with all of this. Her read on when the news report comes up at the end revealing that Percival is now the mayor of Riverdale. Her oh brother, now what? Was made yeah. me laugh out loud. Well, she's done it thirteen hundred and eighty four totally. times. Of course she's just like, oh, here goes Alice again spouting off. <laughs> Uh, about the mayor, but I also thought it was very funny in that scene where the, uh, Percival, she, Alice is just like Percival's mayor, and Dijug is like dictator Pickens. Made me think, like, hey, um, have you driven through Riverdale? Is that town with the dictator? <laughs> that one town that has it. All the other towns are cute, upstate yeah. in the towns. Most and of then Riverdale has a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I also like that move. I thought that was really smart from a plot direction that we're all. As viewers, we're so focused on everybody's relationship and these big discussions they're having and all the moves they're going through that you do forget about Percival and Alice 
or at least I forgot yeah. about them through most of the episode. And then at the end, when it comes out like, oh, of course he made this move where they dissolved the council. How could you forget about Of course Beepy, he became dude. mayor. Well, yeah. because you're so I, as a viewer, you're so focused on other things that are going on with these characters that you love. Uh, and it's the same sort of thing. Like it was a sleight of hand thing of making you look at the fog. So you're not looking over here when this other things happen. So but it was good. What, what would be nice, though, is if Tabitha has been through all these different things, people could, could start coming to Tabitha and being like, hey, did this happen? Uh, can you help mm-hmm. me with this? Like, should I stay with Veronica or maybe I should the, move on? Like. The time travel thing is like a total potential quagmire. <laughs> You're yeah. at a, I think Diggity. that was part of the reason for her explaining things the way she did, where she was like, ah, yeah, it's really complicated. I've done it a bunch of times. Let's not worry about it because they yes. shouldn't do that. Like we can't well, have those conversations constantly on the show. Yeah, I agree constantly, but we could have one later where the character yeah, like a who couple. is maybe at a, a tipping point like Veronica go to Tabitha and be like, hey, can you walk me through two different scenarios where one where Archie marries Veronica and one where Archie marries Betty? Do you think that's something that's ever been done before? (laughs) (laughs) Anybody here read comic books? I know, Alex, you hate them. I don't like them. Just to name it, there was a comic book series where famously six six issues were in the first three – um, I think it was Archie and Veronica were married and the second Archie and Betty were married and Archie sort of saw both sides of his life that way. I thought I thought in this episode, I thought that could be some potential fodder for a future. Could episode. you imagine what would happen if the end of the season, they figure out like the only way of saving the world is if Archie made, marries Veronica. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> crazy. And, and Archie's like, like, sure, I don't know. Like, whatever. It's cool. Uh, uh, yeah, no, they, that, that would be crazy. But I, we could see a scenario where, like, Tabitha travels to two different branching view, uh, futures, and we do see exactly what it would like going forward. That would be fun. I'd watch that. Well, one thing before we move on uh, to kind of talk about the, the Cheryl-Heather relationship. Like, I, I got a lot of high hopes because this, you know, gives a lot of shout-outs to The Notebook where there's uh, letters and it's basically quoted as said she wrote you letters almost every day, which is an exact quote uh, from the notebook. So I think, uh, you know, I mean, that's a lot of other be... stuff happens in the notebook that I don't think is going to happen in this show, but I like where your head's at. Why don't we jump to the last storyline, which is Betty and Archie. Over the course of this, they hang out in the house together. The big news is we find out that Betty's period is late. So she doesn't know whether she's pregnant or not. They can't get a pregnancy test until the fog lifts. So they take the time to have a conversation. And we find out Betty's backstory with TBK, how she actually got out of that trap. It's very harrowing. And then Archie pledges himself to her no matter what. He says he's all in whatever the results of the pregnancy test. And by the end, the big cliffhanger here is we see them looking at the pregnancy test, but we don't get the answer. Yeah, but they don't look happy. They do not look happy. They looked very sad when they look at it. Well, that's because those tests are confusing, Pete. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how many sure. lines? Yeah. Um, what does this they look line at her mean? Like, there's a plus and uh, an at symbol. What does that mean? Yeah. Which one is that? They, Check the direction. They look at it and it's a tiny well, gargoyle. You got to <laughs> know. You got to go there online and at the company, and then they tell you. If you yeah. don't at them, they not, don't I mean, on that note, not many people know this, but the Gargoyle King alphabet actually came from pregnancy tests. Yeah, it's true. That's wow. why they, wow. they were, you can have a little baby with horns. I did appreciate I did appreciate Betty being kind of like, hey, what are we doing here? Although it was interesting that Archie was like, what do you mean? I'm totes in love with you. And she was like, okay. Why was this the third time they've had that conversation? That was my question. Because when you're not feeling it, maybe sometimes you ask again because you're like, are we we still into this? Uh, I feel like like there's some sort of selective amnesia going on here where they keep forgetting they're in a relationship. Well, they've got a lot going on. Let's just say that. Uh, So maybe you forget. Like, what what did we say our status is? Because I got to say, based on the kiss... And the um, what uh, the transition from when they were downstairs to in the bed, the things music. are going pretty yeah. well. Yeah, the music, the sort of distant sex music. Yeah, I think things <laughs> are going fine. But I did, I did think it was weird where they were like, "Are we dating?" I was like, "Yes, you sort of live together." <laughs> like, I think you are. Um, 
but uh, it feels like it feels like they are dating, but it also feels like there's some sort of cloud of trouble over this relationship. I give I give uh, them a lot of credit. If someone snuck in my back door, it was like, hey, I think uh, there's a creepy person outside. I don't know if I would be able to just like make out and go on with my life. I feel like it would be like, hey, we need to come up with a plan if this serial killer is then going to come in and try to kill us. I, you know, that maybe is just me. It was surprising to me that that didn't come back in any way. I wonder if we are going to find out that that creeper, for example, is the person who called Betty and Archie about the bomb. We still haven't gotten any clarity about that. Maybe there is somebody lurking and watching Betty who is not TBK. It sounded like on the old ham radio, uh, there was a mention of a bomb in a basement. Mm hmm. Yeah, there was something going on there, too. I couldn't really hear what was yeah. happening when Tabitha was listening to the ham radio. So there's there's some clues being laid down for something that I think is going to pay off down the line. Reality seems very loose here. Like the ham mm-hmm. radio felt like a signal was coming in. That guy. We, we had, didn't see uh, Archie's did. dog. All episode. Yeah. yeah, that was foremost on my mind, too. <laughs> exactly. Still the, nothing about the, the cat. Betty Archie the, thing. The I-N-G-O. Yeah, to your point, like, I, I thought this conversation was great. I love this. I loved this backstory, the way that Petty played it. It was Horrifying. extremely harrowing and upsetting, other than ripped TBK. And Archie explaining why he's staying in Riverdale again. You know, he's given this speech before, but I think it's always good to double down on it. And obviously, it was important to talk about with Betty potentially being pregnant. So overall, like a lot of the things in the episode, I thought it was good to give these characters time to actually talk so that hopefully in three episodes time, we don't again have to be like, so are we dating or As what's they're holding going their baby? Like, are we dating? <laughs> Little Archie Jr. is wondering if we're dating. It was it was a weird day by else that like, she was like, yeah, I had to like uh, cut up this body in front of, uh, you know, and Archie was just like, cool, cool, cool. Hey, let me tell you a story about how uh, I live in Riverdale and uh, how I plan to be here for a long time. I mean, I would think that was weird, but this is Archie we're talking about. All right. Okay. I, you know, I would have maybe had some questions or at least been like, hey. When Betty said that they played some classical music while TBK was standing behind her and sort of showing her how to dispose how of the body. How to do it. And with his guidance, I was do able to. Do you think the classical music was Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers? Ooh, nice. Was I don't know like if that's considered ghost? classical, but uh, yeah, point, it was ghost. This, it, was, yeah, ghost. it was like a ghost style thing. Oh, my love. Beautiful. Wow. My I, darling. I feel like anytime Archie's given the opportunity to give his river, I'm the spirit of Riverdale speech, he will. Like at the Cheryl and inevitable Cheryl and Tony wedding. He's like, speak. Anybody have anything they want to say? Archie's going to stand I, I'm up. I'm going to throw like, something out there. This is just a theory. I'm just developing this right now. But Archie has that like very shocking red hair, right? Like, what mm-hmm. is also usually very red in specific places? A parrot. Do you think that Archie is secretly a, a large human parrot and only knows? I'm, I'm so certain glad you phrases said parrot. Like, <laughs> I'm the spirit of Riverdale. <laughs> Interesting. So what are we doing show- here? <laughs> In a show where you're like, Polly want a cracker, (laughs) Polly want a Tostito, (laughs) Archie want a a Dorito, Uh, Archie want to open a boxing gym. It's just a theory. It's just something I'm throwing out there. Okay, anybody weigh in in on Twitter for Archie is a parrot as uh, (laughs) Alex's hot new theory. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Cat Briefcase. (laughs) More believable and established. (laughs) More believable. Established history. I'll throw this out there. Archie's weakness right now is palladium, palladium is stones. What are parrots' weaknesses? They also die if they get hit with stones. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> what, where did you hear that? <laughs> what, <laughs> the the parrot encyclopedia. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. What do you think? Are they pregnant? Are they not pregnant? What are we going to find out? Not pregnant. Pregnant. Ooh, good old fashioned debate. Justin, go first. Why are they debate. pregnant? I just feel like you've gone through the whole rigmarole of doing this. It would be strange to me to just not do it. Did they? Didn't they have a kid in the River Vale? Yeah, they well, got pregnant and then lost it to a water ghost. Right after our Betty and everyone killed Archie. <laughs> right. But let me throw this out to you. Um, I'm starting to think of River Vale as almost like an overture 
um, from uh, mm-hmm. like when a you're cl- seeing classical an music, a classical music thing um, or an overture where like the the orchestra will just like play little bits and pieces of um, the music that you're going to hear for the rest of the night as the be- sort of a little to wet your whistle or give you a little teaser. It feels like Rivervale is sort of like the wild overture for this season. And the show is now picking and choosing little moments to sort of explore in a different way, uh, in a slightly different way. And I, that's why I feel like this baby will. Didn't uh, Betty dismember a guy in the Rivervale event? Am I misremembering that? I feel like she did. Yeah. Um, Yes, I think. Yeah. There was the guy from the lonely highway, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm misremembering that, but but that I, I think season? you're right. Like, I think they are having things reverberate and change in different ways. I'll throw out there because I was a little torn between positive or negative with the pregnancy test. I think if it had been earlier in the episode, it would have been negative. So you could see their reactions and them say, mm-hmm. OK, you know what? But I'm still all in even because of this negative pregnancy test. Or maybe that actually would have caused some different emotional reactions as is at the end of the episode, I do think it's positive, and then we're going to pick up with what does that mean for them going forward as a relationship? How do they tell yeah. people that they're pregnant? Betty obviously has significant issues with her mom having her very young and out of wedlock, and Polly also having a baby out of wedlock. So what does that mean for her? What does that mean for her family history? And I think there's a lot more interesting things to play with Betty if she does have to deal with this than if she's I, negative and they just kind of move on from there. I think it's going to be like Toffee. We're never going to hear about it again. And oh, we're baby in a like, briefcase? Yeah, we're just going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, didn't that, wasn't that too a far. thing? And they'll be like, what? No, there was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's too far. Before we wrap think, up here. Well, oh, before, yeah, before, I got to just go up a couple things. Do you think Polly was a parrot? Famous parrot name. I mean, maybe they're all parrots. Wow. Wow. I don't know. Um, and I, one you're big making thing that, some really convincing arguments here, Justin. <laughs> for, your, your, <laughs> for my parrot, Archie's your parrot, parrot theory. theory. Hashtag, Hashtag Archie's Archie a parrot. parrot. Yep. Um, I, I found this to be some strange behavior from Betty. She has a calendar with very large numbers. Very large But she large makes number. very tiny very X's Very small the X's. Yeah. Also, the calendar seems to indicate that it's January in Riverdale, which is also kind of confusing. But I'll, I'll roll with that. Um, also, I, like... What was the X for? For the, the days day. she hasn't gotten her period. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like, you know. This uh, day's like, over. Yeah. <laughs> like, you do be, do, like, does anyone do that in real life? Or do you, that's just a movie thing, right? Like, you're like, well, I finished Monday. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Here comes Tuesday. Um, and the other thing I want to say, I thought was funny. Like, uh, Moose says this, the lonely highway was shut down. Does that mean the whole road? They were just like, can't drive here anymore. I yeah, guess. all those truckers lost yeah. their job. All I guess what about all the people that live on that road? Maybe yeah. it got shut down for big truck driving. Like uh, trucks are not allowed to drive there. They need to stay on the friendly highway or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, uh, any other moments from the episode you want to call out? I'll mention I like the line, coop to town. That was fun. That was a fun turn mm-hmm. of phrase. Uh, I just, I'm all for uh, Cheryl talking about how she's a dragon now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, very Game of Thrones. Oh, also, I liked Tony, Tony and Fag's little argument about the serpents and the reference that she's going to try to call them the Sweetwater Serpents and that they're going to be kind of a, sort of a guardian angels type thing. That was super fun. Um, that certainly points to more friction between Tony and Fangs as well. But I like that name. That was cute. Um, yeah. Uh, what do we, what's our um, Moose Kevin ship name? Is it Mevin? Oh, it's Coos. 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 Moose Coos. It's Coos. I prefer Mevin because uh, then we can say Mevin is heaven or Mever- Ooh, Mevin is uh, I like saying the Coos is loose. <laughs> the coos is loose. I will say that. Yes, it is. And oh, were you guys at the end of the episode when they have the iPhone alarm for the pregnancy test? Were you guys kind of like, did you jump at that a little bit? Because that's the same alarm that I have on my phone. So I immediately looked over at my phone. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, wow. my phone's going off. Uh oh. Yeah. Time wow. to wake up. Too. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, my thing with that was I was like, and when I've had uh, pregnancy tests, weights, 
we didn't set an alarm. Like, it's not like in the second <laughs> you need to be like, oh, hurry, look. It's yeah. now oh, we have this. If you thing. go too far, then you're not pregnant anymore. You got a couple seconds window and then that image disappears forever. Exactly. The real, for those of you that have never looked at a pregnancy test, um, it's mostly like, is that a line? Is that? It looks like a, the fairy. What color faint, is that? What color? Oh, yeah. It really is. Even for as much time as you look at the instructions, only when the test is finished are you like, "What are the rules of this? I forget completely." <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up here, who was the MVP this episode? Pete, who is your MVP? Uh, I got to go with uh, uh, Superpower Cheryl. Uh, you know, it's just it's a lot of fun and she really brings a lot to uh, to this episode. So I was happy she was here. Justin, what about uh, you? Tough call here because, you know, I got to shout out that Barchi love we have in this episode. Uh, oh, but really? I, yeah, I didn't I, see it. I didn't. I oh, didn't you missed it. it. Interesting. Yeah, I, missed I like it, that yeah. you've gone Barchi blind. You just don't yeah. even perceive yeah, don't it. Even, yeah, blackout. Yeah. That's good. Uh, it's probably better for uh, all of us, including yourself. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with Veronica in this episode because I thought she had the best sort of um, uh, turn of the scene. And she was the the mature conversation she had with Reggie in the relationship. Really, I was like, great Veronica episode. I wanted to give it up for Veronica as well, but just to do something different. I'll say Moose. It was just nice seeing him back here. Yeah. Nice seeing him with Kevin. Just I like Cody Kearsley on the show. I hope the news that he's joining as the PE teacher means we're going to see him in a more recurring capacity over the course of the season. Because I think it's just a potential. Yeah, exactly. Like a whole dodgeball episode or climbing the the ropes. Yes. We have very similar high school experiences. (laughs) Gym things. Gym things, ropes, locker rooms, dodgeball. That's it. We're, uh, we're, we're who we are. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. Get your candles at Justin's Candle Shop in Riverdale. It's right next to one of the fires. And if you want to...